turn to the person next to you and say, good to see you. Person next to you, beside you, wherever they are. <laughs> oh, good. Amen. Well, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the next few moments together. Thank you that we've just been singing and reminded that even at communion, how much you love us. How much we mean to you. So easy to forget that. The way the world really takes away that, really robs us of your, your mark, your image. We get so caught up in the, the thinking of today that we just need to pause and say thank you that you love us so much. A debt we could never repay, nor are we meant to. We're just meant to live the life that you called us to live with trust and faith and confidence. And we thank you, Jesus, for what you want to say and do today. I pray, Lord, for every family or individual right now, whatever they're facing or feeling, Whatever they're working through, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, uh, give them great sense of strength and comfort and resolve by your very presence, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? <clears throat> Excuse me. I tried something different this morning so my throat wouldn't be so scratchy, but it's, uh, nonetheless, it's still got that way. I want to speak about staying positive under pressure. Staying positive under pressure. I think we're all at times facing maybe different situations and we can feel the pressure. Okay. The, we had a debate about this last night where the family said, that's not appropriate, Louis. And I'm like, I don't care. Okay. I said, do you want me to get a real photo from someone? No. So anyway, <laughs> staying strong under pressure. Well, I'm glad that brought a laugh to you and a smile. But it's sometimes like that. You know, how do we stay strong? How do we stay positive? How do we do these things when there's pressure all around us? Uh, some pressures we, we just cannot deal with. It's just, in a sense, we can't remove them. They're there. And we've got to somehow navigate our way through them. So I want to speak probably foundationally about how to do this. There's a lot more that could be added here, but I want to focus on three particular areas that will help us, and it's not rocket science, that will help us to stay strong, okay, and to stay positive under pressure. Because we all have situations uh, that we do find difficult. We, we find it difficult to understand where is God in this moment? Where is God's blessing? What does God's blessing look like? Does it, is it meant to feel like this? What, what, what's, what's God saying? We're, we're not always sure what God is doing in the midst of even a challenging time. I think we've had some of those just recently, myself included. And let alone learning how to stay positive in the middle of whatever else is going on. I'll just uh, I'll help to share this. And I'm always getting in trouble for sharing family stories. It's... One of those things that I have to do and <laughs> someone has to do it. And the other week I set my time really early to head off to go to an appointment. And then I'm looking for the car keys. Now we have a rule in our house, put the car keys on a hook. 
Just so you know, I won't say where the hook is, just in case you want to come and take the car. But anyway, uh, it is insured well, so you're welcome. Anyway, so anyway, I'm looking for the car keys and I'm thinking, I like, drove the car last. And I remembered, no, Gabe drove the car. The Gabe's at school. And so I'm shuffling around everywhere trying to think, where is it? So I text her, she's in school. Where are the car keys? I don't know what else I said, but I'm not going to repeat it. But anyway, where are the car keys? And she's, she finally gets back to me. Oh, it's in the black bag on the bed. So I go in the bedroom. Black bag? Well, there's six bags, not black. So I'm pulling out all the bags. I'm going through everything, and I'm thinking, black bag? She must have met the red bag. She must have met the stripy bag. And I'm pulling everything out. I'm serious. I took a photo just to let her know how, how upset I was. The bedroom, you couldn't see the carpet. Okay, true, true story. Anyway, I got in trouble for that, but don't worry. Anyway, the black bag. I keep looking, and finally, under a brown paper bag in another room, there's the black bag. Thank you very much. I said to her, it wasn't where you said, and then off I go. I can tell I was feeling a bit of pressure, not just to find it, but then have to try and manoeuvre things around to, to reschedule things, and I, I felt the pressure of that. <clears throat> I think we all can feel a pressure at times of different things that are going on in our lives. There are pressure points. We learn that there are natural and spiritual pressure points. And we all at times feel under pressure. Maybe you can feel under pressure. Maybe I feel under pressure to, to get the word and, and to hear from God. Maybe we feel the pressure to discern the will of God together. Maybe in what is God saying, what is God leading me into. We all cannot avoid this dilemma. We can even question, am I blessed? Am I really blessed? Uh, have you had a situation where you're feeling lately, it says, I just feel like I'm not blessed right now? Is God for me? I'm feeling all alone. It reminds me of a song, but anyway. I think it was Shrek, wasn't it? And no, it was Donkey on Shrek. Thank you. Thank you for helping me out there. Thank you very much. Uh, well, nobody knows what I'm going through. In John 16:33, Jesus says this. I've said these things to you that you may have, what, my peace, or you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This word tribulation is a word that really is, is connected to pressure and anguish and bitterness at times of what we get to experience. Jesus is saying that these things will happen. This is life, that we live in a life, uh, in a life that is like a pressure cooker. The act of, and it means, pressure means the act of pressing. It speaks of tribulation, oppression. Uh, the picture is often the grapes that are being squeezed. It speaks of stress and strain, pressure that's crushed by weight to oppress. Even one uh, description here says it means to burst. Pressure means to, to burst and things fly apart. I think there are certain situations where we feel the pressure. We feel like we're about to, something's going to happen here. Everyone back away, back away, quick, there's going to be an emergency. I'm going to, there's an ad on TV, remember that? The guy's in the car. Um, it, takes, it speaks about something that don't touch me, I'm close to the edge. Anyway, that's what it's, what it's saying, we're close to the edge. But the thing about pressure, if there's no purpose, it also can be quite self-destructive, deflating, vexatious, troubling and distressing. So let's think of that word, stress, for a moment. Stress can be defined as any change that causes physical, emotional, or psychological strain. We've had a few stressful moments, haven't we, Graham? 
And we get that, don't we? We get that in life. Stress is your, your body's response to anything that requires attention or action. Now, the Bible is filled with antidotes for stress, fear, and anxiety. We could look at them further on, but let's just have a look at this. Jesus is saying, have my peace, take my comfort, receive it, because I'm promising you, as you follow me, but even if in the world itself, there is going to be tribulation. There is going to be trouble. There's going to be trials. There's going to be pressure moments that we're all going to feel quite pressured in. In one sense of this word stress, it also includes this. Stress can be defined as a state of worry and mental tension caused by a difficult situation. It can mean that we feel weighed down, restless in our emotions, and in a sense, have an unsettled mind or not able to think clearly. Now, why some people might want to agree, disagree with this next statement, I believe really stress doesn't come from God. But God can use the stress. I believe stress is unhealthy, and we see that unhealthiness of stress all around us, but also can prove helpful at times because it tells us that something is wrong. But we ignore that. And when we ignore those moments where we have got stress and pressure building up in our lives, what happens is we keep ignoring it and ignoring it, then something happens and something breaks. And it's repairable in most cases, but something breaks in us and then we have to reset and then start the journey again. It happens highly, mostly with highly functional thinkers and people who have got highly active brain activity going on. That that's where the, the pressure really builds for them. And they ignore the warning signs. Uh, it seems to be easier for them to ignore the warning signs. And so anyway, I say that for, for this reason. When we look at the book of James, it helps us because it's a very practical book of how to live as believers and followers of God. In a world that is constantly changing, James is even speaking into our season right now, helping us to recognise our divine default and to recognise God's divine, divine default. Don't say that too quickly. Um, for us. Has anybody here not experienced stress? Raise your hand and we'll pray for you, for all the liars who are... Anyway, no. We all have it, don't we? We experience it. It could be something we read, something we've got to do, something we have to be, something we have to fix, something, something, something. So James is helping us to understand, and God's word wants to speak into this, that as much as we have all these things and perplexing pressures all around us, there's a way that can help us foundationally to manoeuvre and live this life. In James 1, let's read this. It says, James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles or trials of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for what? Joy, or it says great or, or joy. That's a bit weird. I don't know about you, but when I have a trial and a tribulation, I'm not saying, oh, praise Jesus. Anyway, this is what he's saying. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance or patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, mature and complete, you will be strong, in character, and ready for everything. I like that. Then you will be strong, in character, and ready for anything. Well, that, that would be my prayer. I pray that I can uh, be strong in character 
and ready for anything. Imagine what that would look like. That's like a super Christian, isn't it? That's like, that's like superhero, you know, 100. That's just right up there. It's, that's amazing. And yet that's the promise. The message says this. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colours. This word consider earlier on means to evaluate, to think about. And the joy speaks of something that really is joy found in Jesus. And we've spoken about this, and I don't want to overly uh, repeat it. But it means about our spirit being coming alive unto God. We heard about the joy of the cross this morning. We've been singing about the joy that we have because of Jesus. And we get to taste this wonderful heaven's presence in our midst uh, from the inside not so much maybe from the outside. So how do we stay positive under pressure, number one, through the presence of identity? And I'm going to keep repeating this last verse in James. So you will be strong in character and ready for anything. It happens when we get to understand God's purpose and God's promises for our life and lives. We don't always understand, but we have to stand strong in our faith. And this allows us to trust God. We live in a very interesting time and I'm reading lots of things as you do and there's a lot of things that really bother me right now and I shouldn't let them bother me but sometimes they even become, it becomes a pressure where I have to just disengage from what I'm reading because it just it starts to build a pressure, an internal pressure. It becomes like a, a pressure point for me. But I started to think about identity that right now, as we've said over the last few weeks, we're living in a time where we're dealing with identity politics. Identity agendas, identity regimes, identity confusion, identity theories, and identity dysphoria. And these are the challenges that we're living in. And the reason why I say that is because this is really critical. How do we stay strong in, in pressure times? Well, God has made a way and he's provided a way for us to do that. To stay positive under pressure is through the presence of identity. In Ephesians 1, it says, All praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Because of what? Because we are united with Christ. That's a really good foundational promise right there. Forget all the blessing. Forget what that blessing means. And it doesn't mean that you won't experience tough and hard and difficult times. We read earlier, Jesus said this, I promise you that there will be tribulation. There will be trials. There will be moments of pressure that you may stop choosing to follow me. You may feel like the pressure is just too much. Jesus is warning us. And then we read it again through the apostle as he just begins to emphasize this. I love this word blessed and the reason why I love it because in its first sense it means adored. That the fact that you are blessed is because God loves you so much. You're adorable. Yeah, you know, you get a little puppy or a little baby before the first night that keeps you awake up all night. But until that night, you're, oh, you're adorable. You know, like we used to always look at our children when they're sleeping. What is it with that? You know, I mean, it's like they're asleep, let's go live life, you know. But no, we, when they're sleeping, we want to see them and, and just watch them say, oh, look at them. Make sure they're breathing, I don't know. This means, this word blessed means adored. It speaks of spiritual well-being and spiritual favour. Makes perfect sense when you understand and connect that word adorable. It means being empowered to prosper because we are adored by God. 
See, friends, as God describes and reveals us that we are called to be blessed, it also relates to the authority of God's word in our hearts and lives, namely Christ. It speaks of our position and favour in Christ, but also the presence in Christ that we find our times of blessedness. I'm saying this for a reason, I want to build on this. Joy, remember, is essentially an inner state of the heart, so excited, so sure, so certain of God and his promises, no matter what. So that's why praise is so important. So the sense of this presence helps us to understand that when we praise and when we sing and worship, we're exalting God and we're, we're saturating a, a, an atmosphere of praise. And it's a focus of God. And when we focus on God, and that's what we do when we come to church and when we come together as the church, church in that same place and space, we see this happening. <clears throat> in Psalm 33, verse 1, it says, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous, for it is fitting for the upright to praise him. In other words, praise looks good on you. And you've heard this time and time again. So praise looks good on you. It then means that we are becoming the image bearer or bearers that God has called us to be. And how praise propels us in this place of presence identity. So when things are going wrong, sometimes we just pray a quick prayer to, just to find maybe some pseudo relief. Maybe. But often when we're in a, in a situation that's not making sense and we feel the pressure of that, how good is it just to stop and to think and to either sing a song or a, a, a hymn in your heart to the Lord? Just to say, thank you, Lord, that you are my God and I love you. See, this is the presence identity that comes into play and it doesn't maybe always make the problem go away or the pressure on the outside, but it does deal with the pressure on the inside. And that's where you've got to start. That's where we need to start. Sing joyfully to the Lord. Because the praise brings us in that place that propels us to be in a place of presence identity. We're singing this morning, and people could hear us to say, we're singing what, who to? Well, I'm not singing to ourselves. I'm not singing to my wife. I'm not singing to you. I'm singing to Jesus. I'm worshipping Jesus. I love it the minute, <clears throat> I think it was, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to have a drink. Oh. How about just turn to the person next to you and say, I need a drink too. Did you bring your drink? There was a story where this lady came up to the pastor after the service and said, I don't like the songs we're singing. And the pastor said to her, that's okay, we weren't worshipping you. <laughs> I know who the pastor is as well. It's a high profile pastor in America, but a gracious guy, loving guy. But it's true in the sense that we're, we're not singing to each other, we're singing to the Lord. We're making melody in our hearts and that is a place of presence, identity. So it's not about me, it's about him. And that shifts something when we're going through times of pressure, friends. That's what changes. We can, use, we can do with the surface stuff. I'm not dealing with the surface stuff today. All the other things and disciplines we need to put, I'm dealing with the foundations. Number two, we stay positive under pressure through the position of our identity. Remember what I said, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. Have you ever thought that Paul had a fear? Do you think Paul was afraid of anything? The Apostle Paul, that is? Well, he was. 
If there's one place that we read, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 11. I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, this means sophisticated trickery, your thoughts may be corrupted from a sincere and pure commitment to Christ. Paul says, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that what the devil said, how the devil tricked Eve, that you also will be tricked. You will not understand who you are. You will not understand the position of your identity because of Christ. And that's a game changer. So this is deep building blocks right here. It's probably true that each one of us at times has been deceived. The person who comes and says to me, I'm not deceived. Friend, let me just help you out here. The whole idea of the word deceived means you don't know. <laughs> what part of the word deceived you don't understand? If, if it means I'm deceived, I don't usually know what's going on. I don't know what is. I don't know what I don't know. We all have blind spots and we don't see them. Now let's have a look at this. In Eden, there's where we lost this blessing of joy, of completeness, of rest. Have a look in Genesis 3, 3, 4. It says, this is a serpent speaking to Eve. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What a lie. Sometimes we buy into this. Eve was already made in the image of God. She already had the image of God on her. She was already marked. So was Adam. And the devil is trying to bluff her and trick her position of identity. Adam should have been speaking up here right now. He should have been saying, hang on, yeah, but you know, but he didn't. He wasn't saying anything. We could talk about that later. There's another whole thread of thought going on there. Adam and Eve were already like God. They'd been made in the image of God. They had all the access, all the provision, every blessing, every favour that you could ever ask for or experience. There was nothing else that they needed. They were completely fulfilled. Get this, we need lots of things. They needed nothing. We learned how they had to work in there and that was part of the fulfilment of the image in which they were bearing and carrying but they needed nothing. They had everything they needed. It was all there. But the trick of the enemy, the lie of the enemy, was to question their positional identity and to say, you don't have it now. I think sometimes when we have, in a sense, even our own spiritual pressure moments, it's a question of, do I really believe what the Word says? Do I really believe what God is saying? Talk about staying positive under pressure. The serpent questioned their worthlessness, if they were worthy, and actually accused God of unworthy motives. This is foundational. Luke 6 says, like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock, when the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it's well built. I believe that we are living in pressure times like we've never seen before, against the church, against your marriage, against relationships, against a whole plethora of issues, social, moral, you name it. They're all out there. They're all on there. Sorry, I've probably just added a bit of pressure there, haven't I? Just thinking about it. Oh, my goodness. Give me a coffee. Um, 
But that's not the relief. The relief is knowing the presence of identity. The, the relief is knowing the position of our identity in Christ before we do of any of these other superficial things. And there's lots of things that we can do to help with this pressure. See, we're made in the image of God. God's image and identity are woven into the very fabric of humanity. It's intrinsic, hardwired into each one of us, to every person. It's not to be touched, it's not to be messed around with. And to do so wreaks incredible harm and self-destructive consequences. Remember Genesis 1.26? Let's make man, mankind, in our image. Romans 1, 18 and 19 is another thought. God shows his anger from heaven against the all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. This is the big deception. See, our identity is simply to walk with God in the Eden. That was how it was meant to be. That's how it's meant to be now. But we add all these other factors that come and pressure against us and we forget what it's all about. This is the root of it. We spent the other week about the root bringing forth fruit. Our identity is simply to walk with God and to know God. So when there are moments, and you and I will face moments, and I'm speaking about just not pressure moments, but even spiritual pressure moments and pressure points, this is important. Presence identity. Positional identity. And we go on to number three. We need to stay positive under pressure through a personal identity. So why? So we can be strong in character and ready for anything. This is how we get to know God personally and intimately. Romans, again, in one chapter, chapter one, I'd love to read the whole chapter out. So God condemned them to whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's body, bodies. They traded the truth for God or about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. And I would encourage you to read Romans chapter one and to sit down and just take your time and read it. See, humanity is fractured, we know that. It is broken. We know this because God is not at the center. And I want to pray, friends, I pray and hope that God is at the center of your life, and if not, I feel sorry for you, because he should be, because this is our identity. This is where it all starts. This is where it is critical that we get this. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know why you are here, if you don't know where you are going or where you are from, it's going to hurt you. And we see this in society right now, making up all sorts of ideas of why and who we are and who we are not. It says there, we read three times. I remember reading this 20-something years ago, and it always amazed me where I really had to understand this, because it says this three times in Romans 1, God handed them over. Three times. And each time, this is the consequence, because of verse 24, the impurity through the lust of their heart. Verse 26, through vile, shameful, de degrading passions. Verse 28, through undiscerning or undiscerning mind to do what is improper. 
God handed them over. So where was Adam when Eve is having this conversation? Did Adam fail to communicate with his wife about this personal identity, her position and identity, this presence identity? I believe so. Eve was not there when Adam was given everything to domain and have rule over. He, she was not there. You can read that in chapter one. But then she's there, but he didn't communicate the position that they both held. So no wonder she didn't cope with this moment. See, it says Eve was deceived. The reason why she was deceived is because she didn't have her identity right. And whose fault was that? That was Adam's. So it wasn't because Eve sinned that we all fall into sin. It was because of Adam. Adam's decision to fail to communicate properly the identity that they both carried. We could go deeper, but for time I won't do that. If you, one of the principles of, of hermeneutics and, and exegesis, the study and understanding and interpretation of scripture, is that you always go to one of those principles. And the first principle is the first mentioned principle. So when you come and you face a situation of reading in the Bible, you go right back and you find where the first mention is. And that usually sets you in the right direction to unravel this thing and find out where it is. It's like a cable or something. You know, you, you just unravel it and you find where the end is. This is where the end is. Because a lot of the beginnings and a lot of the troubles that happen and we get to experience these pressure spots that we get to face happened in Eden and brought great consequence, great conse consequence to, to humanity. I believe we can only be strong under pressure through presence, identity, a sense of trusting and knowing God, through position, identity, and through personal identity, knowing who we are because of who he says we are. Each of these principles are foundational. They help us to identify the pressures and the pressure moments that we have. So I'm not saying that your pressure moments are gonna go away. And the pressure points may be still there, the points that you had before you arrived at church this morning. And when you leave, they may still be there. But what we can do is just go a little deeper and question presence identity. What does that mean? Am I secure in him? Am I loved in him? Am I adored in him? Do I know who I am in him? The position that I can stand, and we heard that about the cross, it reinforces how we can stand in the position of Christ. It's not my position. It's a position that God says I'm in. The devil wants to say anything he can. The devil can come up and say, well, you're not a Christian, or you're a poor excuse, or you're this or that. And I say, you just have to go to the word of God. It says something very different. That's where my authority rests. Living in a world that's highly pressured. And we can deal with the superficial, and I'm, I'm prepared to do that. But the superficial really doesn't help solve anything if we don't understand the intrinsic issues right now that relate to identity. A church needs to know who it is what they're here for, what they're here to do. We need to know that. We need to know and have that sense of purpose as well. I'm gonna close. So there are natural and there are spiritual pressure points. 
And while we all feel like there's times when we go under pressure, like where's your bag, Gabe? I'm running late. There are bigger issues at hand. Understanding who we are in Christ and remembering those issues are significant. That God is for us and not against us. Difficult circumstances, friends, will come. And difficult circumstances are not an argument that God is far from you. But rather, maybe an opportunity that he's revealing something in the midst of your pain, like James said. Through the pain, the hurt and the hardship, that grace is released. The Bible helps us to be strong. God's words, words releases an enabling identity of truth to enable us to become strong and stronger, to grow and keep growing, to be vibrant and victorious, to be exciting and excited, to be full of passion and to be passionate as a people of God. Our identity in Christ is supremely vital to staying positive under pressure. Yes, we all sometimes will question the authority, our authority in Christ. Yes, we are not always confident of who we are in Christ. And we all can be challenged with that. And yes, at times we can all agree that our hearts fail us to the point where we're not serving God, as we should. But I ask this as I close. If you seek to stay positive under pressure, consider these core identities in your own life. It's not so that problems will go away, as I said. Trials and hardships will come in the sense they're almost promised and guaranteed. But so is God's word that says to us, as James, read, as James said this, we know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, mature and complete, you will be strong in character and ready for everything. Heavenly Father, I just ask right now as we bow our heads. Father, we want to deal with the immediate to relieve sometimes the pressure, but sometimes there's a deeper spiritual issue going on. Today, Lord, I pray that you would help us to just realign our identity of who you say we are back in its rightful position. We thank you for the presence identity that moulds us and shapes us to reaffirm who we are in you. It almost in a sense gives us permission to be who we are because of who Jesus is. We thank you for the position of identity. Doesn't matter what people say, doesn't matter what type of pressures are going on the outside, but when we get to know who we are in Christ, wow, that's a... That's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. And last, Lord, it's so personal. It's personal. To know this identity. And help us, Father, to, to, to model that, to display it, to rejoice in it. We need it. We need to know these things, Lord. Yeah, we can put the spiritual disciplines into practice. We can wait and rest. We can pray. We can meditate. We can intercede. We can do all those wonderful things that we're meant to do. But it's only 
sense, surface responses if we don't deal with identity. And that's what you say. And the Word helps us to stay strong, to stay positive during pressure times and moments because we come in you. We are fully alive in you and realised in you. In Jesus' name, we say thank you. Thank you and help us to never be tricked, to never have someone say something and take that away. Help us, Lord, to live and exercise in the authority that you have given us today. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. We're going to have a song now, are we? Yeah. Yep, we're going to have a song now. Would you?